0: It's that time, the betting predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame joined here by the NBA fanatics. I got Jay Smoove in the house. You guys can get him on Twitter at Smoove underscore 702. Also got Mackenzie Rivers in the house. You guys can get him at Macken Rivers and you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com. All right, guys, what we're going to do here, we're going to go through one, two, three, NBA games for your Saturday. Uh, we don't have any official plays. Uh, Mackenzie and I, along with Smoove, we talked through the three games that we have lines for. It'll be between the Rockets, Spurs, Magic Nets, and the Hawks and Blazers. And we kind of just want to you know, go ahead and make the sausage and figure out you know, what we like in this game, what we don't like. Uh, we talked a little bit before the podcast. Uh, we we kind of just threw all our ideas out there uh, on the table, and we all kind of just picked and choose what we'd like. So now we'll go ahead. We'll all jump on here and we'll start talking through uh, these three games. First game tomorrow. Actually, this is an early start tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Start. You got the Rockets and the Spurs. Spurs right now, early line minus seven and a half. Uh, I don't see a total for this game. Smooth, I'll let you go ahead and start out. The Rockets are going to be without John Wall tomorrow. Uh, you and I, we, we speculate Olin Depot uh, probably won't be a go, that he won't be cleared through the, um, you know, through the COVID stuff and his, uh, you know, his physical stuff as well. Uh, so we're, we're kind of assuming that that those guys won't play. Uh, but as I had mentioned Spurs minus seven and a half, how are you feeling about that game?
1: Yeah, I think the, the, when these two teams played on Thursday after the uh, James Harden trade, the Rockets was pretty motivated to prove to Harden that he was wrong about his comments, that them not being good enough. And I didn't really think that they was going to be able to go out there and, Compete with the Spurs like they did, but you know Christian Wood had a big night, uh, having 27 and 15, and guys you never saw or heard of, maybe uh, a Tate playing pretty well off the bench. Um, I don't see them having that same type of performance again uh, against a coach like Popovich, who you know might throw some double teams and some traps at at Christian Woods, um, especially without uh, a guard that can take some pressure off of them. With John Wall being out and Victor Oladipo, uh, probably not going to play uh, because all, all, all the guys in that trade haven't passed their physicals yet. So I would look towards the Spurs. All right. You're going to go ahead and
2: lean that way. What about me, McKenzie? How are you feeling about that Rockets and Spurs game? 100% agree that the spot is very favorable for the Spurs. Coming off a loss, we've seen these revenge spots with these back-to-back sets. The ATS margin on those is three points in favor of the loser of the first game. So the Spurs, especially the Spurs at home where they've been, done historically well, Greg Popovich, I think, is one of those coaches that can get a team 100% focused, especially when their back's against the wall, which it kind of is. You don't want to lose back-to-back to a team that's been in the headlines as the you know the worst franchise in Texas the last few days. That said, I look at my power rankings. Even if you downgrade them significantly for no Wall, obviously no Harden, Ol- Oladipo not there yet, I still make this li- line only four, four and a half for the Spurs. So it's too rich for my blood. But my my instinct is that the Spurs are going to win this one comfortably.
0: I think the Spurs probably win comfortably as well. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit, you know, about the line and the fact that you know your numbers disagreed here. And that, you know, with these back to backs that the books were, you know, automatically adjusting for the team that lost. And then I think one thing, you know, with, you know, with the Rockets losing all these players and then you're going to have wall out um, that maybe they adjusted uh, a little bit too much. But some of it, you know, could be, you know, to protect, you know, against the betters here. You know, if they if they drop a line to where, you know, McKenzie's power ratings are at, it's probably going to end up with some really lop -lop sided action. So uh, we were talking about that. Um, I think there's a chance that, that San Antonio can uh, actually blow out this Rockets team tomorrow. Um, it's kind of the way that I feel. You know, As, as you guys are talking, I'm sitting here thinking, this move, let me ask you this. Christian Wood, if you had to compare him to uh, any other player in the league, if you said, yo, this is this guy's twin brother, um, if you could pick one player, who would it be? Because I got one in mind. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. But I do have one in mind. I know Mackenzie's gonna think I'm crazy, but if you had to say that, you know, that this is the closest thing uh, to Christian Wood, wh- who, who would you pick?
1: Um, I think me. I think we might be on the same uh, wave with thinking a comparison for him, because I would say he, his skill set, although he doesn't have the accomplishments quite yet, uh, his skill sets remind me of a of an Anthony Davis light. Um, they're both pretty tall, pretty. Uh, pretty agile, pretty versatile. They can play inside. They can play out. Uh, He can shoot it pretty, uh, pretty well. Um, So that would be the guy that I think in mind, but not on the same level, obviously, but his skill set does remind me a lot of Anthony Davis. It's like you were reading my mind. I was sitting here thinking the same thing. (laughs)
0: I'm like, well, what does, you know, what's AD been doing lately? And I'm like, you know, he, he could shoot threes. And I'm looking, I'm like, I don't even know if Wood shoots a bunch of threes. And sure enough, you know, he was five for seven from the three point line, but you know, he's getting blocks. He's got, you know, how many blocks does he average, you know, a game, probably like two and a half. You know, he, he's going to hit 30 here sooner or later, but you know, 15 rebounds, he's got one, two, three, uh, 15 rebound games in like the last six. Yeah. I think that are we underrating this guy? Like I remember when he played with Detroit, I'm like, this dude's a baller, man. Like there were a lot of times where I ended up using him in fantasy leagues because he was just he was just unknown. And it was, you know, when Drummond was going through all those issues, I'm like, okay, I could probably take this guy. Um, I know he's been good off the bench and they just had him sitting on the bench for like way too long. And I'm like, I started using him. And then after a while, everybody kind of found out about him. But, you know, now that he's kind of more in the spotlight, you know, are we you know, are we undervaluing how good this guy is? Like, could he? You know, could he be an Anthony Davis? And, and we just don't know because he hasn't been exposed. Um, you know, how long do these guys, you know, stay kind of undetected? Um, how long has he been in the league? Like, is this is this his second or third
1: year? I think this might be his fourth season, but he came out of fourth UNLV after his freshman year. So he's still really young. Um, one other note to kind of back up that type of comparison about an Anthony Davis is that, I had forgot that he spent time in Milwaukee before he went to Detroit and he practiced and went up against uh, Giannis a lot in practice. And he did say that helped him a lot with his confidence and he started to develop his skill there. And once he got over to Detroit, he was able to kind of have a break out of that shell a little bit. But a lot of people still didn't really know too much about him because he was in Detroit and they wasn't winning a bunch of games. But I think this is the type of season to where he's, uh, you know, turning some heads and you saw that interview that he had with Shaq and Shaq had to give him his respect, you know, based off of what he did, you know, on that Thursday game. And just another comparison player that popped up in my head, um, uh, a Christopher Zingis too. And Steven Silas had Christopher Zingas last year in Dallas, and he's using Christian Wood a lot like he used KP. So, you know, those two guys come to mind when I think about where Christian Wood can end up at, um, towards the end of the season. What about you, uh Mackenzie? Who who would you kind of compare him to from what you've seen
0: thus
2: far? I definitely see the Anthony Davis comps in the same way that my third grade art projects are in the same vein as Picasso. Yeah, they're they're both art. They're both creative expressions in the same way. Anthony Davis is, grew up a guard in you know Chicago high school. He was like a s like the best 6'3 guard in the city. And he just happened to become seven feet like his skills outside of being what Christian Wood is, which is a really great defensive big with great range, makes him something completely different. I would say Christian Wood is kind of like a rich man's Hassan Whiteside. He's a late bloomer. Uh, He can, you know, get nasty, monstrous stat lines, especially in rebounds and blocks. I do think he's better than Hassan Whiteside, who kind of checks in and out of games It's interesting because last year I was trying to explain to someone the difference between player efficiency rating and ESPN's real plus minus. Both are all-in-one stats. Both are flawed, but for different reasons. And I'm like, look at Per. Like Christian Wood benefits because he's a big man that doesn't, you know, miss many shots because he doesn't take many difficult shots. And he gets a lot of dunks and offensive rebounds and such. So his player efficiency rating is 15th in the league. And he's clearly not the 15th best player in the league. I mean, you never even heard of him. His name's Christian Wood. Now I think he's like the 15th to 25th best player in the league. Like he's actually maybe player efficiency rating should have told me earlier that this guy was really good. And he is. He's definitely the best player on the Rockets. That's why I think they're they're the 8th seed in the West. I was telling you guys that before the show. Uh there might be a little underrated without Harden and he's a large he's the biggest reason why. So I'm looking at the most improved player right now. He's plus
0: 125. So I'm going to give you guys The next – I'll give you the next five guys. You got uh, Jeremy Grant. um, I'm going to say possibly. Then you have a guy like Randall who, you know, he's on the Knicks, and the Knicks aren't going to win anything. And I don't know how much more Randall can improve his stat line from what it was last year. So I'm going to say that there's probably no chance he wins. Uh, You got – what's his name? Chris Boucher from Toronto. Toronto. I, I just don't see that happening. Michael Porter Jr. is what he's banged up. Uh Sabonis is probably um a guy that could get in there. Maybe a Jalen Brown at twenty five to one. Sabonis at twenty to one. But I mean if Wood's putting up, you know, double digit rebounds and, and twenty five points a night, I mean who who really behind him, you know, could could, you know, surpass him, you know, either Zion, you got sitting back there, you know, he's way down. Um you know, do we do we consider maybe playing Wood as the most improved player? Because it seems like right now he's been shot right into the spotlight. Um, he's the number one, number two guy on this team. I think even with Wall and, you know, even with Depot out there, you know, if I go back to, to, you know, if my memory serves me correct, when he played with the Pistons, it didn't matter who was on the floor with him. Like that dude was taking shots. Like the, he was getting rebounds. Um, I think one of the things that a lot of people don't uh, know about him is, you know, a lot of a lot of the stuff he was doing was on the offensive glass, and it was like you know he was picking rebounds off, and then it was like you know a dunk or a quick putback. So, um, he the points are going to be there if the rebounds are there. I think the points are going to be there. I just don't see anybody behind him, besides maybe Sabonis, maybe Jalen Brown. Um, it's going to take Zion, you know, I, I think leaps and bounds to go ahead and and to, go, to get up in that conversation. Is would
2: somebody we consider? I do definitely. I think he should be. By far the favorite. I think he should probably be a minus money favorite at this point. You mentioned Zabonis. He's probably the better player, but he hasn't really improved that much from last season. And here's the thing about Zion. He's worse. For whatever reason, he's just, you know, a half a step slower. He's, he was scoring about 30 points every 36 minutes. Now he's down to about 23. Uh, I don't see an argument for him other than, you know, just the our imagination, what he can be one day. Okay. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, Christian Will would definitely. I go with him too. Um, with also with Harden being gone, um, he's more than likely going to be either the number one or number two option on most nights. Uh, he's really efficient, and with, like McKenzie said, if if the Rockets can manage to you know sneak into the playoffs uh, after Harden, he might even have a shot at you know making an All Star team if they're. In one of those six, seven, eight spots. It wouldn't surprise me, especially if they're short on, you know, if they're short
0: on big men. um, And maybe even Wood finds himself in maybe even like the dunk contest or something like that. uh, that One way or another, they're going to showcase him because there's no way you could just let that guy um, go out there and not, you know, end up having a spotlight on him if he's playing that well. I mean, I know the Duke of Ball for sure. But I think the, the the second that Shaq realizes it, like, you know, we're we're just handicappers. But you know, when Shaq's on national TV throwing out compliments, um, you know, I don't think I don't think that they just come, you know, easily. I think they have to be earned from from somebody like Shaq. And the fact that he he watched them play and he was like, Damn, I didn't I I didn't know your game was that nice. Um, I just wonder maybe if we're undervaluing him because, you know, if, if there's anybody that's, that's going to be a better judge of talent than us, you know, it's going to be somebody that played in the league. So um, I just wonder. Um, maybe I'll go ahead and put a little bit on that. Christian Wood, most improved player, plus 125. Uh, so we talked through that. That was cool. I looked for him for defensive player of the year, not even listed, which was um, quite shocking to me, at least on DraftKings. I didn't see that. Uh, let's jump over to our next game here. Uh, we got the Magic. They'll be on the road here. Magic playing a back-to-back Net's going to be minus twelve. Total two thirty one. Uh, we talked through this quite a bit. Uh, Smooth. You you kind of, or actually Mackenzie, I think you brought up the Magic team total. So I'll go ahead. I'll let you start out. Um, you know, we all we all kind of leaning towards a bunch of unders here in this one. Why don't you tell me what? Why don't you tell me what you're thinking?
2: Right. So originally looking at this game, I was looking towards the Magic. It just doesn't seem like this Nets team, with so many moving parts, should be a big favorite. But talking to Smooth, I got to give him credit for this because it was it was great insight and it was something I was thinking about, but I hadn't quantified. So since Markel Fultz went down, I talked about a couple pods ago how much of a bummer that was. They've been blown out of every game, but particularly on offense, they've been terrible. Cole Anthony's now the starter, the rookie out of North Carolina. Uh, his dad went to UNLV and won a championship, but 20 years later, I don't think. The pedigrees quite there for Cole Anthony, yet, and the early results have been anything but impressive. As Smooth told me just a few minutes ago, they haven't scored 100 points per game in any contest since Markel Fultz went down, and now the team total is at 110. That seems crazy to me, the, especially for the Nets team that has all this focus on them, wants to you know go ahead and get this winning streak started, big matchup on Monday. I think instead of a look ahead, I think they'll actually look as this is an opportunity to kind of... You know, screw the bolts and get everything, get the ship nice and tight for a big contest Monday against the Bucks on TNT. I think this game goes under because I kind of like the Magic to cover and I kind of like their under team total, so obviously the under is a play. But I think the best bet on the board is Magic under 110 right now. I wouldn't disagree with probably all these unders. You
0: know, you have to con- take into consideration, like, if the coach is sitting down with, with the current roster, he's probably going to say, look, guys, th- the points are going to be there. Uh, we need the defense from from you guys who aren't sitting on, you know, who, who aren't, you know, Harden and, and Kyrie. So I wonder if the Nets come through with at least a better defensive effort, especially from the guys that are going to be starting, you know, the guys that are coming off the bench. Like maybe they're looking for those key um, defenders, you know, to go ahead and go up against this magic team who who doesn't seem like they're going to pose much of a threat. Uh, maybe maybe that's a focus for the Nets tomorrow. Um, and then another thing, too, is. You know, when you have like one star on the court, and we've seen this before, Um, Curry goes through this a lot, you know, where you end up with, you know, a depleted lineup where, you know, the guys that are out there touching the ball, um, they just want to get it to the best player because they're kind of afraid to shoot. And it all ends up being on, you know, being on somebody like, you know, it'll probably end up being on Durant tomorrow to, you know, primarily do a lot of the scoring. And I just wonder if, you know, there's possessions where, you know, they're choppy, um, you know, they're slow. Uh, they're waiting for KD, to, you know, to come off the pick or, or, you know, to get open to where you know maybe they make that extra pass or two, or maybe they're a little timid to, you know, to keep feeding him the ball, and then before you know it, it, it results in you know a shot clock violation or something like that. So um, I, I kind of like the Nets under their team total. Uh, I do like the Magic under their team total. I do like the game under their team total. Um, as this one, you know, opened up two twenty nine and a half. Uh, I won't put a lot of stock into that opener uh, right now. Bet online sitting at two thirty one. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that's just way way too high. So um, I'll side with uh, I'll side with you guys. But I I think you can go um, unders on, on any of this here. And the fact that this game's lined at twelve, if the Magic do get blown out off a of back to back, you know they're limited with you know the guys that they're going to be able to put on the on the court. i um, almost positive. That Fournier probably won't play tomorrow, so they're not going to get him back. And as, as Smooth and Mackenzie had mentioned, those teams just not putting up—you know—they're not putting up enough points right now. So one ten seems like seems like a leap. So uh, I'm not sure what I'll do. Maybe I'll just play—you um, know—the under for both teams and the under for the game. Maybe I could hit uh, two out of three. Maybe I can clean sweep it. But uh, I feel that their their unders is probably the way to go in that one. What about you, Smooth? How you feel about Magic and Nets?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna make this uh three for three and back you guys with the magic team total at uh, minus one ten. And just to piggyback off of what McKenzie already stated, you know, when they lost Markel Folks, you know, he was pretty much their primary ball handler, but they're also with without Michael Carter Williams and um Evan Fournier. So they're putting they're either putting the ball in the hands of rookie Cole Anthony and I even seen, you know, some of their game after, you know, all the injuries. They're even using Aaron Aaron Gordon a little bit as a like a point forward and that's just something that he's not uh, gonna do well and he's not gonna run the offense well. So they the Magic could struggle for, you know, a week, week and a half till they try to figure out, you know, what they're gonna do at their point guard spot, if they're gonna try and bring some guys in or if Fournier or Michael Carter Williams can come back at some point in time. You know, we, we know Fault is out for the season tearing his ACL, but they just don't have any, you know, trusted, you know, ball handlers or point guards that can initiate their offense like they were before. You know, they were struggling pretty bad. You know, before folks went down on offense, so without them, they just look even worse. So, y'all back to minus one ten with the with the magic under. You know, another thing too is, you know, this this
0: Orlando team when it comes to shooting threes, you know, they might feel, they might feel like they're like they have to shoot threes in this game, and that team's just been ice cold, like. You know, with no faults, with no Fournier, and Tyson Ross has actually been kind of cold, and he's probably like one of their best three point shooters. And then you got Vukovic, who, you know, he shoots threes too, but do you really want your center out there shooting threes? I just have a feeling that, you know, Orlando, you know, that they could be taking some bad shots tomorrow as well. Um, I just don't think they have the firepower um, in that lineup. I mean, they shot 25% from three point line, they were seven for 28 um, in the last game, so. I don't know what they were in the game prior, but I'm going to guess it's probably just as bad because, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, really big in the NBA fantasy, and I think I would I think I think would have noticed somebody going off um, for Orlando. So um, I'm not too worried about that. Um, all right, so it seems like a bunch of unders in that one. I'm cool with that. Now let's trip over to the late game. This is another one we have a line for. We have the Hawks and the Blazers. Uh, we talked through this one. We were, a little, you know, pretty wishy-washy. On what we were thinking, Smooth sounded like he was uh, the most confident with this one. Right now the Blazers are gonna be minus four. Uh there are some minus four fifteen, so maybe we might see a four and a half. Uh total this is a high one, two thirty-six, two thirty-five and a half. Smoove, you had the most convincing argument with this one. Hawks, Blazers, what you come up with?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm more than likely gonna back the Hawks again uh with the plus four against the Blazers. You know, I had them tonight and you know, they let me down and anybody that followed losing by 24 but you just watching that game you know, they got a lot of the shots that they normally take especially from 3 they just couldn't knock them down you know they went 1 for 12 from the three point line in the first half and and Trey Young just couldn't get it going you know he tends to early part of the season he's tending to showing some trends of struggling against better defenses um you know having bad nights against like the Hornets, the Knicks and Cavs You know, surprisingly, they have good defenses this year, but against bad defenses, he goes off and they're going up against the Blazers tomorrow. And even with the um, additions the Blazers have brought in during the offseason, like Robert Covington and Derrick Jones Jr., um, they're still one of the worst defenses in the league. You know, ranked 23rd in defensive rating, ranked 22nd in effective field goal percentage allowed by their opponents. They don't defend the three point line really well. And In their last game, you know they lost their their best big, and Yusuf Nurkic. He's going to be out for a while by with a broken wrist, and you know he's their best he's their best big, you know in the paint. But he also does a solid job on the perimeter and pick and roll coverage. And so without him, they don't really have a big that could you know duplicate those type of reads and coverages that he was used to doing. And that's something that Trey Young likes to do: take a lot of advantage of pick and rolls and bigs. So. I'm going to look to back, you know, the Hawks again. Just one more factor to back the Hawks with that. You know, they're now they're three and one, you know, as a dog against the spread. But they was winning games by, you know, eight points a game before tonight and exceeding, uh, exceeding the spread by 12.8 points before tonight. So I'm going to back them again uh, tomorrow against the Blazers with the four. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they win that one outright, too.
0: You know, we were talking through that one, and we noticed, you know, with the box score off the back-to-back that, you know, the Hawks didn't play, you know, a ton of minutes in that game. And it's not like this team um, should, you know, that they should be down on themselves. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I think their current roster, you know, especially when they get, you know, Bogdanovich and Rondo and and Gallinari and those guys back that, you know, this is a legit playoff team. At least they they should be able to contend for a playoff spot. So uh, I think coming off that loss, they're going to be, you know, a little bit upset. Kenzie, how are you feeling about the Hawks-Trail Blazers game?
2: I think the very high total is appropriate. The Blazers, like Smooth was saying, are a terrible defensive team. And Yusuf Nurkic was not only their best center against the pick and roll, he was probably their only center that had any, any kind of mobility. Harry Giles is not going to be that guy. He's, he's a bench player at best. I was actually looking at their centers and interested what you guys think about this. I think if I were them... I would pull a 2020 Rockets and just put Robert Covington at the center. Think we're going to have, you know, at least great perimeter defense. If we're not going to be able to get many rebounds, we weren't anyway, and we're just going to outgun teams. I mean, that's why you see a 237 total. They don't have many defensive players. I think that I would just go pedal to the metal. Maybe Lillard and McCollum don't want that this early in the season, but if they were game, I would say let's just try to outscore people. I don't see why Lillard and McCollum
0: wouldn't be for that because they're going to get more opportunities to shoot um, because at times Covington, you know, he can get, you know, he can get end up with a hot hand and he could also, you know, end up shooting the ball a bunch by himself. So I, I, I think that helps Dame and, and helps McCollum, you know, go ahead and, and shoot a decent amount. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he threw that idea out there, if they went for it. I mean, why not? Um I think we know the injury history, at least with Nurkic, it's just like, you know, it's another, it's another thing that they could put, you know, in their arsenal, you know, for, you know, when they might need it. Um, this is a good opportunity to actually try it. So uh, I certainly wouldn't rule that out. What do you think, Smooth?
1: Yeah. Just because um, Terry starts their coach, you know, seeing the Rockets do that with Covington last year, um, I think that will be, you know, an option for him to go to, but the biggest, uh the where the where the rockets struggled a lot last year when they did go to a lineup like that was just giving up a lot of paint in the point uh a lot of points in the paint and uh, offensive rebounding so uh just like the rockets struggled with that last year I think that's something that the blazers will struggle with um if that's a if that's a route that Terry Stotts decides to go to
0: you know what I'm going to look for tomorrow is I'm going to look for Trey Young to go probably over his points if you go back and you look in the beginning of the year Uh, he was lighting it up, and the Hawks were, you know, they were winning games. And as I, you know, we spoke yesterday on the podcast about the Hawks going into um, tonight's game, you know, that maybe there were some things that were said, and, you know, they asked Trey Young to, you know, kind of share the ball a little bit more. And, you know, things just haven't worked out for the Hawks over, like, the last six games. I think they lost five out of the last six. But, you know, when Trey Young went off uh, against a shorthanded Philly team, um, you know, they won that game and then he comes out tonight and I just wonder if if he shared the ball and he kind of was like, all right, let me just, you know, let me take a step back and, and let these guys, you know, get in the game and, and do their thing. But he turns around and he probably had his worst game of his NBA career. Uh, he was one for 11, didn't hit a three, ended up with four points in the game. Um, I, I have a feeling he comes back here tomorrow. He comes out strong uh, because if he does take that approach where, you know, he takes a look around at the guys in the locker room and he takes a look at the coaching and, and he's like, look, like if we continue to keep playing, you know, if we're not, if we're not going through me and I'm not out here running and gun and shooting threes, um, you know, we're, we're, these are the kind of results we're going to get where we get blown out, you know, by Utah by, you know, 25 points. So I think, you know, when we're looking at the Blazers and we're talking about their defense um, and, and Smooth, you're talking about Trey Young probably, you know, having a decent time you know, going against the pick and roll, I think he comes back strong here. And the fact that, you know, he's had some some dull games here. He had four points, seven points at 16, uh, I think three out of his last six games. Um, that's brought his, his points per game down. And if I can go ahead and get him, my guess is it, it's Trey Young, so the books are still going to respect him. It is going up against the Blazers. So I'm going to guess maybe he comes out 25 and a half, 26 and a half. It's 25 and a half. I'll play it over. Uh, for a unit, if it's 25, 26 and a half, uh, I'll play it over for like a half. I would probably stop at, at 27 and a half, maybe pizza bet at that number. But I think Trey Young has um, at least a strong possibility to have a pretty good bounce back game tomorrow where, um, you know, when we were talking before the pod, I don't know which one you guys said it, but I think maybe it was smooth that – or maybe it was McKenzie. It said let's not rule out Trey Young going for 40 tomorrow Um. And I, and I don't think that, that that's out of the question. So um, that's what I'll do. I don't have a particular play. I, I just have this thing with the Blazers. I don't know what, man, and I can't, I can't really explain it where I think it's, it's you know, it's the Carmelo, it's it's McCollum, it's, it used to be, you know, Nurkic, and, and then you got Dame out there. I'm like, you know, this team could light you up at, at any time. And, you know, I, I fall in love with, with, I guess you could say I fell in love with Portland over the last two seasons, I think a lot of that's just because of Damon and, and the way that he can, you know, kind of just do like a curry, you know, kind of just make you eat your heart out a little bit and, and crush your soul. So um, I'm going to back off. That's what I'll do. Um, you guys got anything else for, for the games tomorrow, by chance?
1: Yeah. One more point on this game is that it it looks like it might be a, a reverse line play as well with the, the Blazers opening up at six and a half and receiving, you know, majority of the tickets and money but it's been bet down or moved the line's been moved to four in favor of the hawks so uh take that for what it's worth it might be a reverse line play as well too eh, probably somebody just you know somebody with money probably
0: saw a six and a half out there at least bet online and you got to remember those limits are really low so somebody might have just you know put their max bet down and, and bet online might have just shifted their
2: shifted their line and been like okay we're wrong there uh mckenzie got anything else to close out the pod no, I would second that Trey Young play at 25. You know, Smooth mentioned it right before the pod. He's been averaging 30 points a game against his Blazers team. It's kind of a perfect matchup for him, the opposite of what the Jazz were tonight, which was a nightmare for him. So I could see a bounce-back game for Young for sure. All right, cool. All right, guys, well, there you go. Talk to those three
0: games. Uh, I'm not sure about how we did with our results from last night's uh, podcast. Uh, we did have a, a postponement, Memphis and Minnesota. Uh, game was postponed. Uh, I don't even remember what the hell games we did yesterday. You do? We, I guess when you do this every day, you forget what damn games you talked about the day before. <laughs> Anybody? Did you? Did you happen to take notice? Move how we did?
1: I think I just know that my play was bad because I had the Hawks tonight with the Jazz, so that was terrible. So looking to bounce back tomorrow. I don't remember what the hell I gave out. I gave out. Oh, I know what I gave out.
0: Rashawn Holmes double double not to be the case and uh Doncic over threes it came out at three and a half so i told everybody to pass i'm glad i did he ended up shooting seven made one so i would have been over two so uh hopefully we'll redeem ourselves i think we i think i think we're gonna have a good day tomorrow uh, but with that said you guys can find me on twitter sleepyj_pregame underscore pregame you can get j smooth at smooth underscore 702 and you can get mckenzie rivers at mackin rivers and you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck on Saturday. Enjoy the games.